Welcome to EdPod, connecting educational research and classroom teaching with Drs. Eric Claraval and Darren Battaglia. Episode 3 Disciplinary Literacy in Science. Hello, Eric. Hi, Darren. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been three sessions since we started this podcast. It is. Yeah. And I feel like we are improving each time. And Hi. this time, we are talking about disciplinary literacy and science. Yeah, so we're still in that big umbrella of disciplinary literacy because, I, you know, as I mentioned a couple of sessions ago, that um, disciplinary literacy is a hot topic in the current um, discourse in literacy as far as research is concerned. And so we're bringing that idea of disciplinary literacy into a broader perspective perspective, and how it is applied to the classroom. Today, our focus is on the application of literacy in science. Much of our discussion today is specifically about an article titled Disciplinary Literacy in Science, Developing Science Literacy Through Trade Books by Ji-Wee Fang. It was published in 2013 in the Journal of Adolescent and Adult Literacy. And I don't usually think of literacy and science going together because as we were talking before we began recording, that they all they, they often seem really separate. We think about reading and um, discovering text through fiction, writing, and novels. And we think about discovering things and ideas and um, objective empirical facts through labs in science. And they don't seem to necessarily go together. And certainly in my experience as a teacher and as a student, I didn't do a whole lot of reading in my science classes. So... Um, having literacy skills in science is a little bit of a foreign concept to me. You know, this is a whole new paradigm in, in terms of conceptualizing how literacy is applicable to science. And as we were discussing off the air a while back, that it seems like there is this dichotomy of, you know, we think about humanization, humanity as part of the bigger picture of literacy and literature, Right. And then on the other on the other end of that spectrum is the science where they look at the world as objective and as you mentioned empirical. Um, but then you know with this concept of disciplinary literacy in science, it's more like bringing together the the values of reading and writing and 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 humanize the uh the knowledge of of or or the understanding of of science that scientists are 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 human being that you know they they're they, they've encountered failures and they have some flaws in their thinking but when we think about science you know all these people were like gods and goddesses that you know that they are the the wonderful people that changed the world and and, and we're not even thinking about the humanity of these science. And, and I think that's, that's the essence of why we, you know, we study science from a 
humanistic perspective. So that we can, we, we ourselves can also achieve some sort of learning in science. It's not just about the individuals. I mean, uh, in one sense, like we said the last time, uh, I think I mentioned the last time about the heroes of history, but also the uh -huh. heroes of science. It's not That's just right. to learn about the heroes of science. That's right. And you know, there's that. There's that biography of Albert Einstein that's been on recently. I think mm -hmm. it's called Genius. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we think about science, I, we, 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 like you say, we think about those geniuses and how can we ever achieve what goes on in those scientific minds right. if we, we can't even approach that level of understanding. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if you want to be equitable to girls, you know, we can also talk about, you know, women in science. Um, for example, Madame Curie, right? And and this will entice these young girls to love science. And eventually, hopefully, when they finish high school, they're going to major in science. And, 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 you know, in higher education, that's a pressing need that it's predominantly a male world. And, and we need to recruit more women in science. Um, and, and I thought it should start from kindergarten and and let's talk about the humanity in science and by introducing trade books and um and 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 bring in that conversation of biography in science and talk about some of the challenges of of these famous people that they went through before they became you know brilliant or became popular and discovered this wonderful concepts and ideas. So let's let's talk for a moment then about the actual text that students might be reading in, in science. Because normally I think of text as being the textbook, mm -hmm. right? I, I take a chemistry class, I give the students the, you know, two inch, 30 pound textbook at the beginning of the mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. And we go through it chapter by chapter at the end of the course, you know, they return it to the library, we're done. You know, we've gone through each chapter. Same thing for a seventh grade, you know, typical life science uh, book as well. There's textbooks. So, but that's really not the type of reading or literacy that we necessarily talk about. I think in this case, when we're referring to disciplinary literacy, maybe you'd like to make that distinction. Again, I, I, I go back because I... I'm almost making a uh, this point again and again, but I have so many conversations with people of, well, we have to be able to teach students how to read textbooks, but that's not really what we mean by disciplinary literacy, is it? Right. Well, I think the the foundational skill set students need to to learn um, and develop um, is is the understanding that informational texts in science have structure. And it's, it's like a whole different genre where, you know, when you look at the subheadings of the text, it gives you some ideas of, of what to anticipate in this particular chapter. In the, this old technique of the SQ3R, you know, you survey the chapter and kind of create this big understanding of what is the bigger concept that I want to take in from reading this chapter. I think that's something that that students need to fully understand before they jump into the text. And another thing that that I wanted to mention is that you know the use of trade book as part of developing personal connection to that specific 
topic, for example, in chemistry. And, and if there is a, um, a story about, about you know, let's, let's think about one, one particular issues in the global warming or, you know, the climate change. And I'm sure there's a lot of trade books that talk about how the, what, what are some of the effects of, of this climate change. So start from there and, and create that personal connection. And then, and then from that connection through reading that trade books, students start to think about some problems and questions and kind of like wondering about. And as, you know, as you start talking about theories and, and experimentation, um, the students carry that, you know, wondering and questioning based on their tr- the, the previously read trade books. And I, I think that is where, you know, the confluence of, of literacy and science. They use the word secondhand experiences that go beyond that in reference to, to trade, using trade books. Whereas firsthand experiences are those labs that we do so often in science, but then the secondhand experiences are not necessarily the textbooks that you would read, but having using different trade books through stories, biographies, um, other types of things that students can't maybe gain firsthand knowledge of, but can live vicariously through the stories that they read. And by reading about the bleaching of the coral reefs, then they can begin to have discussions about global warming at the local level, and you're saying that would be a possibility to take on. And- right, right, and 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 then once you know you're, you're able to to um, motivate these students to think, um, that's a really good way to start with experimenting. Okay, let's start our you know experiment and bearing in mind about what's going on in the real world. Um, and then let's apply that to some of the observations that we have um, in in our experiments. And I think that 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 whole classroom experience would would be more meaningful for students, and and it's relatable as opposed to kind of esoteric event that's happening in the laboratory, and and they, then they have to go to the textbook and find the answer. So one way that students would be able to access um, or, or use books more effect, use trade books a little bit more effectively would be the use of literature circles. Then is that correct? Right, right. I know, I know that they have discussion here of using book discussion groups, and you know, one thing that I don't necessarily see happening in my school at a science in a science class is that is having discussion groups going on at the middle school level. I think mm-hmm. it can happen in some classrooms. I don't know if a lot of uh, middle school science teachers would be very comfortable with that without um, a lot of um, extra professional development and also time, I think. Right. Uh, you know, these are great strategies, but they are specific things that we do see in you know language arts classes, and right. they are fantastic. But for a science right. teacher to take that on, I think that would take time and some extra extra training to to really do these and these seems you know fabulous absolutely i mean that's that's how we should start with right and um 
first, you know, to introduce this kind of classroom activity and, and trained teachers and the science teachers in, in how we can incorporate some of these um, teaching uh, methods that we use in language arts and history um, with into the science context. And one example that Zi Hui Fang, the author of this article, um, suggested is that book discussion groups. So how, okay, so after reading this article, Darren, let's pretend that, that you know, you had this half a day of professional development and incorporating literacy in your science class. I'm just, you know, interested in a hypothetical situation and how you're going to incorporate this book discussion group. I would try to do the literature circles. Uh, what I like about the literature circles is the uh, difference in the roles. I think that the it, it recognizes that this is, um, you know, nonfiction reading. It's scientific reading, and the different roles that are provided in this in this article um, really lend itself to scientific reading. So, you know, some of the roles that are mentioned are a scientific skeptic, a, a power investigator, a translator. And those are roles that you wouldn't see if you were, you know, reading fiction and having discussion uh -huh. in a, you know, in a language arts class. Right. So it's something that as a science, if I were a science teacher, I would really love to put into place. And I think they could lend themselves to some really powerful discussions where students could, you know, be really engaged and really have a very different experience than just you know, reading a text or just even doing a lab. Uh-huh. So do you think this is, this is doable? I think it is. Uh, for a middle school teacher, I think it is. I think um, what I think is difficult is it requires a significant amount of, you know, time and effort mm -hmm. to put in and, you know, making those adjustments in, in the curriculum to uh, for these types of discussions and having, you know, a, uh, you know, an amount of trade books to read. But don't you think that it's always the case when you introduce a new novel activity, way of teaching, it always takes time. And, and then, and then as it, you know, as, as you internalize the process and, and then you, you, you get more you skillful. Yes. And uh -huh. so, right. And then by next year, you know, it's you, easy. You, it's easy. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, so if yes, if I mean, if it's worth it, and it uh, it would seem to be worth it, then yeah, it's worth taking the time and mm -hmm. gathering the books and having some, uh, you know, some PD in it and mm -hmm. and moving mm -hmm. forward. Right, right. So I, I I would think this would be an excellent way for you know some teachers to some science teachers to to work with students to to have other experiences in the science classroom. There are, I think, a few differences between secondary student work and elementary student work with disciplinary studies in science. For example, I'm thinking genre studies in particular. How would genre studies in science differ from genres that students encounter in language arts where we typically think of it? I think when we think about the traditional concept of genre in, for example, in literature, we talk about poetry, we talk about novels, we talk about fiction, science fiction, uh, we talk about historical narratives. But when we think about genre studies in science, we're talking about the overall 
social purpose of the text. That's one genre. Another genre is, you know, the text structure, because we know that the structure of, of a, an informative text in science is different from how a text is presented in history or in literature. Another genre in science is the linguistic nature of the text. And when we think about linguistic nature, we think about the structure of the sentences. It's more more abstract and and complex. And that's that that makes it even harder for students in middle school and high school to understand because here we're dealing with a, with all these abstraction in the concept of in, in science and at the same time we're introducing some vocabulary words that are not quite familiar to most of the students. So that's that's the linguistic genre. The last one that this article mentioned is the, vis the visual features. So when we look at, for example, graph. The graph tells a story. The graph tells something about, about an experiment or a table or, or a picture. The other day I was just working with one of my students and, 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 and they're studying um, the layers of the earth and they had to to create this structure you know from from crust mantle and the core and the eater and the outer core so that's a whole different you know visual element in science so i think that's that's what the genre studies and and when we think about literacy and genre studies students need to understand the subtext of for example of that particular chapter of the textbook what's the purpose of of this chapter and look at the different structure of the text and let's study the vocabulary how can we use the visual features of that book to help us understand the concept this article suggests that some of the genres also include you know procedures and report and things that we typically see in science and that students can work to collaborate in, you know, making these texts. I don't, in my mind, a lot of the things that we do in science in terms of our reporting are not necessarily cons um, collaborative endeavors. They're very lonely, singular things that we do. Writing reports, writing procedures of what we do. There may be things that they co we collaborate in terms of, I wrote down this scientific procedure of this lab we worked on. Can you ensure that it's correct? But they're not things that are done simultaneously. And I got the feeling that the suggestion from this article is that there's synchronous, syn synchronous collaboration. I'm not sure if that's the proper term I'm looking for, but... Synchronic. Um, <laughs> synchronic? Yeah. I'm using my um, morphological knowledge here. Oh, thank you. I knew. I knew I'm asking the right person. Um, so I, I think this is one, one area where I, I wasn't understanding or I, I, I was at least disagreeing with some of the suggestions from the article about how students might engage in, in this, in this one, partic one particular uh, studying or collab collaborative effort. You know, I think it really ties up with the common core when it comes to collaboration. And when you think about the development of knowledge in science, it's really a result of collaborative effort. 
rather than you know we have we have this stereotype of a scientist being alone in the laboratory doing doing experiments but in reality you know they they share their ideas they communicate they talk and and that's why i like this you know this article towards the end of the article it says that students can publish their work in a class newsletter newspaper or magazine and i think that 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 kind of activity we're imitating you know how they the scientific community works where you know they share ideas and 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 build upon you know that previous knowledge that that they ferreted out from from an experiment and so to me collaboration in writing and presenting really mesh well you know in 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 science and i i think some of these things here that we see in in this article are are happening especially at the um especially at uh, middle and and elementary i think unit studies you know they could have easily called them thematic units i think uh -huh. if they would have put the word thematic units instead of unit studies I, uh -huh. I think a lot of people would have been you know nodding their heads along and saying oh of course right. we do thematic units right right i mean it, absolutely i mean um a lot of the methodologies that they mention here are are being practiced in in, in elementary but i think this journal it was published in the journal of adolescent and adult literacy so it is you know for middle school and high school and and you know when it comes to uh informative reading this is the time when students are being fed with a lot of disciplinary texts uh, and it's really focused on textbooks and science and so i i i felt like it it is of an interesting you know, uptake, think about the use of trade books as, as an introduction to a specific unit rather than, or, or it, not just rather than, but in addition to watching a video or a film clip. So why don't we have this book discussion? And, and, and it's, it's, it's a, a good way to introduce a new chapter in yes. science. Uh -huh. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then and then when you close your unit or your chapter, then go back to this to this book discussion and and apply it, apply it, you know, apply the theory to the real life. And and then we can then maybe at the end of the unit, the students will write something about their experience and what it is that helps them fully understand the application of of one specific scientific knowledge in, in their own little world. So you have the introduction using book discussion group. And then in the middle of that is, you know, experimentation, discovery, and imitating that, you know, the works of, of how, how, how scientists work and discover concepts or ideas. Um, and then you close the unit at the end of the unit, the students will be able to write something about their experience in, in, in doing the experiment and discovering, discovering ideas through observation and then relate that to trade books that they read. So there you go. There is that reading and writing connection that we talk about in literacy and it's still applicable when we talk about science education. With that, Dr. Eric? Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
Thank you. Um, in our next podcast session, we're going to talk about the application of literacy and mathematics. I'm really looking forward to that as a math teacher. That's right. See you next time. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. You can find links to articles we discussed on this episode and more in our show notes at edpod.tv. You'll also find other information about us and upcoming topics, as well as how to contact the show. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at RealEdPod. Thanks for listening.